Hey everybody, welcome to the DBC Pa. This is Jason Dodge with my buddy Phil Schoen. This is a special bonus episode of the show. Uh, we're going to start doing this on a week-to-week basis for The Mandalorian. Uh, we literally just finished watching episode two, season two. And we're going to talk about the episode, kind of throw out our opinions and do your typical kind of reaction type of show. Phil, this is your second time seeing this episode because yes. I think you watched them back to back. Yeah, watched it right before we watched it together with the family. Uh, so thinking the kids would go to bed after, but that, that did not happen. <laughs> so you might hear some things in the yeah. background. My kids did go to bed, but mine are significantly younger. Um, okay, so we were going to do an episode one reaction, but things kind of got away with from us this week. So we're going to do an episode one and two recap. And then every week we're going to do another show afterwards. Um, I, I think these are going to be like 10, 15 minute shows. Just kind of speaking our thoughts. So Phil, what is your immediate reaction? Let's say, let's start with here. So we went through an epic ending of season one. We all love season one and you know, you have the dark saber, you've got everything going on. And then it's, Season one, uh, season two, episode one, we're back on Tatooine. We, they kind of did like a clean slate refresh of everything. Right. So what do you think of that? Do you like it? So, I, well, I think it, it, it needed to start, have its own sort of vibe and entity. It, it, it made sense not to start right off, you know, kind of where right. season one left off. I agree. Um, and it picked up, you know, with, with Mando on his, his mission that he was tasked by the armorer, you know, to return Baby Yoda and to either his people or the Jedi. And... Uh, you know, what it outlines in in episode one is that he feels that, you know, tracking down other Mandalorian, since uh, they were in battle against the Jedi, he thinks will help them, or at least it's the only lead he can think of. So that's where we're at. And he gets a, you know, at the beginning of that episode, he gets a lead of, of a Mandalorian on Tatooine, which obviously a lot of Star Wars fans' ears perked up because they recall from previous movies when there was a Mandalorian on Tatooine. Gee, who could it be? Yeah. Especially with the last two seconds of episode. Oh, by the way, there's spoilers throughout this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we probably should say that. Yeah. <laughs> In the beginning. So, yeah. I mean, if you haven't watched episode one yet, you shouldn't be listening to the show anyway. But the end of the season, two, uh, episode one was basically, um, what's his, what I can't remember the actor's name, uh, turning around to the camera for the last two seconds. And you're like, aha. Oh. Yeah, it's a Tamora Morrison. Uh, who played Django Fett in the movies. Right. I was going to say Django, but yeah. I wanted to use the actor's name and I, I didn't yeah. know it. So in any case, um, so that was kind of like the little surprise ending to the episode that kind of teases the rest of the season. This is why I like it. You've got Favreau and you've got Filoni who are not scared to use tie-in old content, yeah. right? The good thing is they're not clumsy about it like JJ might have been or Lucas was and stuff like that. Kind of like just like ham fisting in fan service. It doesn't feel like fan service when they do it. I mean, obviously they're tying in a fan favorite of Boba Fett who had like what? Eight minutes of screen time right. in the original trilogy yeah. that had just like epic things talked, uh, written about comics and all this other stuff that, you know, that's not really mainstream to the general audience. And they're doing it a they're doing it in a good way, right? It's not like Boba Fett comes in and saves Mando at like you know at the end of the season episode. It's just like that would be kind of stupid, right? So it's a little little bit of flavor in there. I really like. Um, so episode one had the crate dragon come in and it was an issue. So Mando goes on Tatooine. He's looking for Mandalorians. He finds a guy in Mandalorian armor. 
he's not a Mandalorian. He says, I will give you this armor if you help us solve a problem. And the problem is basically killing a crate dragon the whole episode. Yeah. So my question to you, Phil, is where do you know crate dragons from? Where is your frame of reference for those? So, I mean, I know of them. They've been featured elsewhere in Star Wars comics mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I don't recall them being quite as big as the one that was shown no. here. Um, I think the other thing that's really well known about them, and you saw that at the end of episode one, is they inside they have their pearls, um, which are supposed to be very strong in the force. And you can actually use, I guess, part of them or them to make lightsabers. So I know Kray Dragons vaguely from Star Wars Galaxies, okay. which is a video game from the late '90s, early 2000s. That was one is a one of the original um, MMORPGs. It's basically thousands and thousands of people playing on the same server from you know back in the day. And Crate Dragons were something that you could farm. You had to farm for your Jedi. I mean, there's a whole thing, right? So that that's where I originally heard about them. And they used to just be uh, a creature that you killed for experience and loot and all this other stuff. And then, of course, references through like comics and books and stuff like that that I never really got into. Though I did used to read a lot of the Expanded Universe. So I thought it was really cool tying in something that like real Star Wars nerds know about. But you made it fresh for people who might not know some of the Expanded lore of the Star Wars universe. Right. So I thought that was really good. And I think the same thing happened with Cobb Van who is in a book. Um, it's like three chapters of a book. And he, you know, in that book, he's the one who found Boba Fett's armor. Um, so it ties into a, a book. So again, it's another example of like... Really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, so it's another example Explain of... That. The, well, it's another example of these, you know, taking a small character from a book that most people haven't read. Which book was that? I'd have to look it up. I don't remember the name of it. Is it rather old is it from like the expanded units from like so it's i believe it's in the aftermath novel which is set um basically after um episode uh episode six and it kind of it's a three-part novel book uh, book series that sort of tells what happens um after the fact after do you do you get a sense of do you remember when the publication date of that was it's it's not that old it's oh okay because after like yeah because i mean i i I was big into Star Wars books, like when the Thrawn series was coming out, and read all that stuff. Yeah, so this is a little newer than that. Recently. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, no, I, I totally love that, and I think that's why, you know, I, I've said to friends and other people online that the Mandalorian is the best Star Wars since the '80s. It's better than the prequels. It's better than the sequels for live action. I was going to say live action. You could argue some of the cartoons, but I'm not. I'm not steeped very deep. Yeah. yeah, I'm not steep deep in the animation. I haven't watched a lot of that stuff yet. I haven't had time, and I'm you know I was used to be a big Star Wars fan, and now I, I kind of have to turn my card in a little bit for not watching like Rebels <laughs> or or anything else like that, and then Clone Wars. Um, I've been the last seven years. I've been waiting for my kids to be old enough to do it with them for the first time. I'm yeah. almost there. Anyway, <laughs> I've mentioned that before. Um, okay, so. Episode one, um, generally, do you think it was a good opening to the second season, average, or were you expecting more? I thought it was very good. It was very big. Um, It felt almost like an epic movie. Um, It did feel like a little bit of retreading some of the plot lines, like again, back on Tatooine, a been sort of like the the creature of the episode. Um, So it kind of felt like the plot, some of the plot line elements or the arc, I guess, 
maybe is a little bit of a retread, but overall I thought um, it was pretty excellent. And obviously you have the, a lot of the, you know, for lack of a better word, fan service with, with uh, some of the characters like Cobb Vanth and then obviously Boba Fett at the end. I think, I think it was an excellent opening to season two because you, you closed season one with an epic fight, right? Right. So you're, you're at, you're at the top of your tempo and you can't maintain that over right. another eight episodes. Right. It's impossible because you're going to have utter failure at this point. The show succeeds at the day-to-day life of the Mandalorian, the day-to-day life of the characters doing mundane things or just everyday kind of stuff, right. not being part of an epic war against the Empire or anything else like that. So bringing it back down in a reasonable way and bringing the tempo down to kind of build up to tell smaller stories, I think is extremely mm-hmm. smart. So I'm not disappointed in that whatsoever. I love the epicness of the great dragon. Cause I'm like, I can't believe it's like this huge thing. It's like great special effects. You don't typically see that in a, you know, um, a smaller series like right. Mandalorian eight episodes and it's, everything's under 40 minutes. Um, so that I thought that was great. The fan service was really good. It was subtle. And, um, it just basically got him. It said, "Okay, the direction of the season is I got to return Baby Yoda, and I got to find the Mandalorians." Um, so I'm going to go into episode two, which we just finished watching, literally nine minutes and thirty seven seconds ago. <laughs> um, and I was kind of disappointed with episode two. I think and, it was definitely like a little bit of a cool down. Um, yep. I think it was trying to, I don't know about set the stage, but sort of set the environment we're in um and sort of really push some of the messaging that i'm getting through this i mean from the well, first season on too. That. so i think yeah one of the big things i got out of the first episode was this 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 idea of don't judge a book by its cover and that um you know people that the tuscan raiders sure. tuscan raiders so people who are different you know you had you know cop vance in their monsters you can't reason with them but he learned from Quill in the first season that, no, you could talk to them. You could communicate them. They're not monsters. They're not, you know, primates or whatever. Like they're, they're just a different, different people. They're not better or worse than you. And I think he's grown from that. Um, so you really saw that in that first episode. I think you saw it in the second episode with, um, I guess the frog lady, she didn't really have a name. Um, but yeah, he kind of underestimates her. He's like, I got to protect you, blah, blah, blah. And then, I mean, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but then, you know, who knew she could rewire an Android so that she could, you know, use his vocal box to talk and stuff like that. So it's kind of, you know, really underestimating her. Um, I mean, I, think- I, mean I, I get that theme, but I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's something that we need to pay attention to. We'll be back after a quick break. Blast off with Space Vacation the Musical as the Bloom family from the bright yellow planet takes a wild, weird, and wonderful intergalactic summer vacation. With original songs and stellar comedy, their trip goes delightfully haywire. Fun and adventure for all ages. Space Vacation the Musical on all podcast platforms now. Subscribe today. Well, I think I think that's kind of an overarching theme, and and the other thing that I think it did set the stage, and again, you know, we're getting into the plot of, of episode two, but you had uh, obviously the New Republic 
people that he comes in, co- in contact with in their X-Wings. And it really helps, you know, they, they talked about it the first uh, first season, but this is, you know, the Empire's gone, but the New Republic isn't fully formed. It's not fully in control. They're just trying to establish themselves. And you have these two X-Wing pilots who were, you know, probably aces of the war and used to these big galactic battles, like you're saying, and now they're basically traffic cops. Right. And, so, and you so, had, so you had two guys on the outer rim, um, basically. Uh, well, let's 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 reset. Let's do some world building, right? Yep. So you've got you're you're at Tatooine. The guy Mando ha- searching for Mandalorians. He finds out that he the this this uh, he found out in the most obviously canteen that or the cantina, excuse me, that there's Mandalorians on this other planet, and to get there, he needs to do basically become a taxi at sublight. Can't even use hyperspace, and it's a frog lady with a bunch of eggs. They have to go to hyperspace. They die, and and they die anyway because Baby Yoda eats them, which is really creepy but funny. <laughs> um, so anyway, he, he's traveling, and as he's traveling in sublight. You said, like you said, the X-Wings pop out. And what I thought was really cool is you just have two X-Wings in the middle of nowhere just kind of doing on a patrol mission because what else are they going to do? And now, like you said, they're kind of like traffic cops. So, I mean, yeah, they're trying to find if got... there's any remnants of the Empire, any Imperial signals and stuff, but it's not grand like what they're used to. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it kind of shows you that the New Republic is kind of new, obviously, and you know they're they're sending just X wings out randomly to like find stuff in the, the depths of space in some random system between Tatooine and wherever whatever planet they were trying to get to. Yeah, they're trying to get so. To- um. So the reason why I was disappointed, right? Because I don't think it moved the the dialogue any further. No. It was it was fun, right? Because yeah. you had the whole spider monsters and the whole end action scene. It was great, right? And it's good special effects and it's, you know, great action. Um, but the only thing that got to it is he moved him from Tatooine, found that Mandalorians are on some other planet. He got halfway to that planet and his ship got all, his ship got all screwed up and the New Republican people aren't a bunch of you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to say this. Well, they're not. I mean, they're nice. I don't know if it's the right word, but they're not really acting like heroes like they were in like the original trilogy, right? You no, know? no, that's not what it is. Like yeah. you would expect, like if they were Imperials, they'd be getting like, "You're shut down. I'm yeah, taking yeah. you over, whatever." But the New Republic people were like, "Hey, you were on record of like kind of saving things. We'll kind of help you out a little bit. We'll kind of let you go because they're they're not being, you know." To use yeah. language in front of my 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 kids, meanie pants yeah. about it, right? Yeah. So um, you kind of you kind of get that difference of flavor between New Republic and, and Imperial. That's, well, they're not meanie cool. pants, but they're also not like, oh, okay, well let's ha- let's help you out. They kind of just leave them there too, you know? It's right, like- right. So they they kind of didn't destroy his ship. So the only thing in the overall story arc that we learned was that he moved a half a sector over. And his ship's all banged up. And a cool little tiny adventure that leads nowhere. Yeah. Right? We had no character building. Right? Mandalorian's still the same guy. He still really cares about Baby Yoda and he's gonna protect him. We already yeah. knew that. Um, he didn't he didn't get any new equipment or anything else like that that he kinda did in a couple other sh- episodes. He didn't learn any valuable lesson. The only thing he's setting this up is for maybe getting a new ship. I don't think there's anything salvaging the ship that he has. Yeah, well, I think he's I hoping think when he gets to where they're going, which I think is Trask. I, I assume he's hoping there's a shipyard there that can help repair it. But... 
I don't think he's going to repair it. I mean, it, it's basically scrapped. Like, the only thing that's holding pressure is his hull. I mean, the, the, the cockpit. Yeah. And this might be kind of having him... You see, that, that's the thing I'm kind of doubting. Because my first thought is, oh, he's going to get a new ship. Or he's going to barter for a new ship. Yeah. Or he's going to now go find people, run into somebody he knows kind of thing, right? He's going to find somebody. Yeah. He's going to interact with them. And he's, ship, he's actually going to have to do something to fix his ship. Because he probably doesn't have enough money to fix his right. whole ship. Because it's probably super beat up. So that's going to lead to another adventure, random side quest that he's got to do. Or he's going to meet up with somebody else that he knows and he's going to give him money or help him out or lead him to another side quest or lead him to where the Mandalorians really are. Or he's going to sign on to something else and travel with other people. He's not going to have a ship anymore. The issue I have is his ship is almost iconic. It's like the old Western. That's his horse, right? right? And I don't think they're want to give it away so fast so i don't know what the point of this episode is other than telling a really cool story like monster of the week type of thing yeah i mean i definitely think they've they try to have a, a theme or a mood or a style to each episode this one definitely felt like a like a space horror movie yeah got mm-hmm. a lot of alien vibes alien um, spiders yeah uh so i think yeah it was kind of a more of a self-contained story a little bit of a breather from last episode that just sort of starts the next you know like obviously at he's he's with this frog lady she's going to be there you know we saw from the the trailer or the you know the the previews that he's with her on that on another on a water planet um so i'm assuming that's going to be the see next the previews. Episode. okay yeah so i'm assuming that's going to be the next episode um so yeah it, it did feel like sort of just like the start of like the next thing um, well, well, here, here's another thing that just popped in my head. So you've got the frog lady on the world. She made a point saying him, don't Mandalorians follow or keep their word, follow yeah. their creed and all that other stuff. So the, all the trials and tribulations he's going to deliver her. Maybe the husband is like a powerful person, right? She's like underplaying who he is and he helps maybe. her, returns the favor by repairing a ship or giving him a new one or doing something. Because obviously she, if she can kind of repair a droid to talk yeah. for her mm-hmm. maybe their people are very highly technical people yeah. or something i, don't I guess know. we'll find out yeah like i think that's possible i mean i think she's going to be at least for the for the near term going to be one of the important characters from this series season like you know Quill was from so you think her character is going to be prolonged through yeah i mean i don't know about the whole time. season but i think for you know at least this this part of the arc so I mean, I, I purposely haven't read anything about this season, right? So I don't yeah. know. I haven't read rumors or speculation or read leaks or if there have been any. Okay. So I'm completely blind. Yeah. All I know is where season two or episode two ended. Okay. So do you know anything other than the previews that you saw for next so week? So I saw the previews and then I've, I've heard lots of rumors and, you know, casting stuff oh so you you're you're you don't well it's into it. i yeah, purposely i well, typically I, do that yeah. too but i purposely didn't okay for so, yeah obviously i won't share anything but um oh, you know, there's man. potential for some good stuff so we'll see what happens well i mean i've heard like I, it was impossible not to hear rumors <laughs> of what you're gonna say well, yeah i mean i don't think i've them. gone too deep on, onto it I've, but I there's know. a lot of speculation is fun other characters that are gonna pop up in this potentially season. at least yeah so there, there, there's all that. I, I'm really curious about how he reunites reunites with some of the cast from season one because yep. I know a lot of them are going to be there. Um, and I, I mean, I think I think we'll we'll wrap up this because let's keep this under yeah. right around 20 minutes. Um, 
I think where they're going is going to be interesting if they're going to start. I think what they have to do is start uh, attempting to have a plot, right? Yeah. Right now he's wandering. We don't know what he's doing. It's kind of like the yeah. week to week type of thing. I agree. So, I mean, I feel, I feel like through the first two episodes, they've kind of set the stage and we kind of know mm-hmm. a little bit about at least what his next steps of his journey is going to be. But I agree. You know, hopefully, I certainly hope next episode we get a little more meat to the plot. Yeah, I, I mean, I enjoy the week-to-week plot line, but, like, he needs – the plot line did not progress at all in this episode. At least, even if his journey is find more Mandalorians, and then I was expecting when this started, like, that planet that they were going to, yeah. getting there would have been the first half of the episode, yeah. and the second half of the episode would be, like, an issue going to the next step. And maybe the first half of the season is him – finding his way type of thing but this episode was even slower they didn't even get to the next step yet so um i suspect that the next episode is going to accelerate that a little bit it'll be a turning point at least i I think so yeah all right so those are our views on season two episode two of the mandalorian we're gonna have probably one of these every single week we're recording this on friday the night that it came out um and phil we use for the first time at least for me the Disney, what is it called? Disney Group Watch yeah. group thing where you can, it's really easy to use. You load up uh, on, a, I did it on a web browser on my computer and hit the invite friends, give you a link. You gave it to somebody else. Phil popped on, I hit play and we watched it together. It was really awesome. So yeah, very easy. There that if they want to have viewing parties, um, you could do it on your phone. So if the Disney Plus app on your phone, do it and you can cast it to your TV and um, set up some a phone call or something else and watch it together. It's really cool. There was no lag, I think, Phil, right? You, were, you weren't complaining too much about no. it? No. We were full. No, I mean, up. every now and then I get a little circle or something, but it's just a handful of times. It really wasn't. I think that's just your internet, to be honest with you. <laughs> you just like blaming whatever th- yeah. anything I technically goes wrong. All your fault. Absolutely. Anyway, guys, uh, we'll see you in a couple days when we record our weekly show on the normal time. But uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. We're going to continue this throughout um, the whole Mandalorian season. And if you guys actually like this please give us feedback on social media uh, maybe we'll do some viewing things for a lot of the other disney plus um exclusives like all the movies and stuff like that that's coming out soon i think um is it soul that's coming out soon yeah soul is uh yeah that was a pixar film that's coming out on christmas day oh christmas day i thought it was yeah. earlier in december maybe we could do something like that yeah. and I maybe think it's on if... mulan early december is is then free for everyone and like right. december 6th or something and then soul is it. available to everybody um no it's not a premium or anything it's just gonna be available to everybody with disney plus on christmas day so phil what about this if this gets popular the mandalorian i'm i'm like just i just got an idea and i didn't even run it by you <laughs> okay so if the, if this these bonus episodes get popular and we see a lot of downloads and people like it through social media and feedback. Maybe we'll have a viewing party with our friends online through Disney plus. What do you think about that? Yeah, we'll give it a try. See, see if we can get some, I, I don't know what the maximum viewing people is. They might've actually had a limit, but we'll figure it out anyway. And then maybe <laughs> we could have a group um, podcast. Of that. Anyway, guys have a good night. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you on the show. Uh, for the week. All right, later, Take care.